Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include Wholesaler News, my interview with Union Home Mortgages CEO Bill Cosgrove on lowering origination costs and raising company culture standards in 2023, and how many more rate increases does the Fed have in it? Today's podcast is brought to you by Simple Nexus, an Encino company and award winning developer of mobile first technology for the modern mortgage lender. Nexus Vision is a turnkey, enterprise grade business intelligence solution for mortgage lenders. With intuitive dashboards, instant pipeline and performance data views, loan level drill downs, scorecards, and more, Nexus Vision helps mortgage lenders deploy a unified data strategy, delivering actionable insights into productivity and efficiency. To learn more about Nexus engagement, visit simplenexus.com. There's rarely a dull moment when it comes to the wholesale companies dealing with thousands of brokers around the nation. The latest news from two publicly held companies has spilled into sports. Of UWM fame, incoming Phoenix Suns owner Matt Ishbia's league vote passed by a 29-0 tally, and it was learned that the only reason it wasn't unanimous was because the Cleveland Cavaliers abstained from voting. The Cavaliers, of course, are owned by Rockets head Dan Gilbert. But wait, there's more. Reports have Rocket saying it will indemnify anyone who uses Rocket, and UWM has issues. Sounds like a couple siblings fighting. Lower volumes may be figuring into this decision, of course, and so Rocket Pro TPO announced it will cover the ultimatum penalties and court fees for any brokers who want to get out of the United Wholesale Mortgages ultimatum contract in an initiative called the Bully Shield for National Mortgage Professional. In my opinion, the ultimatum is immoral, said Mike Fawaz, Executive Vice President of Rocket Pro TPO. We believe UWM's ultimatum was one of the worst things to happen to independent mortgage bankers in 50 years. The ultimatum uses lawyers and contracts to limit choice and optionality. End quote. According to NMP and Fawaz, Rocket is willing to back up any broker who wants to get out of the contract, no matter the cost. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome to the show Bill Cosgrove, President and CEO of Union Home Mortgage a high-growth, full-service retail, wholesale, consumer direct, correspondent, and in-house servicing platform, independent mortgage banking company headquartered in Greater Cleveland, Ohio. Mr. Cosgrove has more than 35 years of mortgage banking experience and is the first and only mortgage banker in Ohio to lead the Ohio MBA as president in 2007 and the National MBA as chairman in 2015. He's also the founder of the MBA Independent Mortgage Banking Conference. He joined Union Home Mortgage in 1994 and became its sole owner in 1999. Under Mr. Cosgrove's leadership, Union Home Mortgage has experienced incredible growth, expanding to 165 branches and more than 1,600 partners nationwide. A lot of companies talk about culture, uh, but I know that you stress culture at Union Home. Uh, How do you actually build it? And how's that been tested with remote work and the pandemic? And um, you and I are on a Zoom call right now uh, without our cameras on. You know, to us at Union Home, it really starts with defining culture. And so culture to us is if we have 2,000 employee partners working together all over the country every day, uh, and, you know, there's about 240 work days a year and the interaction they have together 
um, every business minute of every business day. It, the the culture of the organization is a culmination of uh, the behavior towards each other, and and that's what we teach and that's what we coach. Um, and from there, it gets tricky because uh, when things are going good and you hear the word yes and you you the company makes the decision you agree with. Um, everything's fine. But, you know, what we teach is on those five days, uh, you know, the mortgage business is hard, right? And there's more than one w- right way to do it. And, oh, by the way, in today's uh, real estate finance world, difficult decisions are being made every day for companies to stay healthy. So on the five days that you don't like the decision, on the five days you hear the word no, on the five days you don't agree with the strategy, on the five days uh, people don't agree with me or senior management, how do you behave and and how do you articulate that? So in our mind, uh, as companies grow, uh, it's easy to get dysfunctional in the mortgage business. And it's still a people business, you know, it's highly tech, it's fast, uh, you've got to process data faster than ever before. But as I said, it's still a people business and the mortgage business left unchecked could become very dysfunctional very quickly amongst people. So we're the dysfunction police. We try to think, we try to over communicate. We have a code of conduct and together those beliefs in that coaching arrives at what we feel is a is a world-class culture at Union Home. And I I know you really pride yourself on culture and and employee morale is is vitally important too so that it doesn't become this uh toxic dysfunctional wasteland that you mentioned. I I'd, I'd imagine that you say culture and employee morale go together. Um but it's it's tough times out there right now. How do you keep your employees' spirits up? And and I guess, is that the responsibility of the president and CEO of a company? It's a great question. So, so yes, I think the answer is yes. I think it is um, the responsibility of the president and CEO of the company. So the first step of having happy employee partners is to, and, and you'll laugh at this, but I say it all the time is the first step is hiring only happy people, right? So that's first step. So you've got to bring your happiness to the table. It's not my responsibility, it's yours. And and then, uh, you know, I I jokingly say, we do our best not to screw it up. So everybody has got to bring their attitude to the table uh, every day uh, because, you know, again, we've all worked with like wonderfully talented people uh, that are amazing in what they do. And maybe on the good days, uh, you know, they make a lot of money. And on the good days, they make the company a lot of money. Uh, but, you know, people inside the organization feel like, uh, you know, they're a uh, corporate terrorist uh, in, in, in not in the violent kind of word, but in the, in the abusive kind of word of how you deal with people. So it's important to determine as a company 
whether you're going to tolerate that behavior or not. Uh, in a union home, we don't tolerate that behavior because we don't think you can outwork it. You can't out uh, spend dysfunction. You can't out strategize dysfunction. Uh, dysfunctional each eat your company alive. So when it comes to morale, first step is you, you've got to hire happy people uh, that understand it's their responsibility to be happy. That's number one. Number two, uh, I think in today's world, you have got to be extremely honest with people. Uh, you mentioned it early. Uh, today in the mortgage business, there are more hard decisions being made. If you want to be healthy and you want to be successful and you want to successfully navigate uh, the housing industry today and the housing finance industry, you are making really hard decisions. Absolutely. It's the only way to stay healthy. And so at the end of the day, you have got to continually uh, articulate uh, the uh, the challenge and the solution, obviously focusing on the solution. And you've got to continually articulate that to your employee partners. You've got to give them the ability uh, to chime in and, and be part of the process, be part of that democratic process. Somebody's got to make a decision in the end. Management's got to make a decision. Uh, but But having healthy uh, a healthy morale today is more important than ever before, uh, but it doesn't happen by magic. You have to earn it and you earn it by honesty. You earn it by transparency and you earn it um, by having a democratic process where uh, a decision has to be made, but everybody has a voice. I do agree that hiring happy people and and promoting employee happiness leads to productivity. I can't necessarily say it works the other way around. Uh, so I, I want to applaud you on that. I I remembered the last time we were together, you telling me that the mortgage origination pie was big enough for everybody, and and that was a year ago before um, rates took off. Uh, but do you still feel that way with the reductions in volume that we've seen over the past year? The mortgage pie is big enough if you if you do things the right way and and you invest in people and you invest in technology uh, and and you invest in marketing and strategy. So I do, I do think the mortgage market is big enough. Uh, there is no doubt that, you know, I'll contradict myself a little bit in the conversation you and I had uh, when we thoroughly enjoyed ourselves uh, when we were together last in person. You know, there, there in this kind of market, there's winners and losers. There's no doubt about it. Um, there, there are definitely going to be winners and losers. There is a capacity issue, and I think if you do things the right way, and you're willing to make uh, the hard choices, uh, but the right choices um, when you're supposed to make those choices. Uh, the bottom line is, Robbie, everybody in mortgage banking today has to reduce their cost of manufacturing a loan. Uh, you have to do that in order to survive um, the downturn in real estate sales and the increase in interest rates. But if you can do that and execute that in a healthy way, in a healthy manner, by keeping momentum, 
and uh, keeping your your customer service at a very high level. And it can be done. It can be done. Uh, you, there, there's definitely enough pie out there for those that can execute. Uh, if you can't execute and you look at how you originate and process and close loans, and that process looks the same as it did 20 years ago, uh, you, you probably have other challenges. I mean, Union Home is something that you've built from the ground up. You take a lot of pride in it. What are some of your proudest moments running Union Home Mortgage? Oh, uh, so it's always the people, right? So the customers are wonderful. Uh, if we didn't have customers, uh, we, we'd be out of business. But the mortgage business and the, the business of mortgage finance itself is somewhat mechanical and somewhat manufacturing. And, and then obviously you're always trying to get a technology edge, okay? But the beautiful thing about mortgage banking is everybody's got a fantasy that, okay, we're not gonna need people, we'll, we'll take our costs to zero and we'll beat all the competitors because the whole process is gonna be 100% com computerized. Well. That's not realistic and it has never been realistic. So by far, by far, it's still a people business and working with people 20, 25 years that, that were with you from ground zero when you had, you know, 20 employees, no capital and nothing uh, and, and working with them and, and seeing them achieve their you know, their career goals and, and uh, you know, watching them raise their, their kids and actually being invited to their kid's wedding. Uh, it's kind of mind blowing and that's very cool. But then on the other end of the spectrum, Robbie, uh, seeing interns uh, that are, you know, juniors, sophomores, juniors and seniors in college, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old young people and watching them the light bulb go off and see uh, that mortgage banking uh, and real estate finance has like 23 career paths within a mortgage banking company and see uh, passion in the young people for mortgage finance and, and how they view it, which is different than obviously how I view it today and, and customer demand. So by, by far, and I think anybody in my position uh, the, someone who's been blessed to, to be a leader in, of a, a mortgage company, uh, I, I think all of us would say the people and and the careers and the lives you impact. Uh, you know, it's a it's a business of passion. Uh, real estate finance, helping people obtain home ownership, um, maybe a move up home. You know, helping them save a whole lot of money if refinancing is right for them. It's a business of passion. And it's a business of people passion. So by far, if you take away the impact of the partners and the relationships uh, that you build there, um, you know, there's really not much left, quite honestly. So it's a, to me, it's everything. I'm with you. I'm when my friends here that I work in finance, they they think you know it's predatory lending, but mortgage, right. it, you know, it's putting people in homes and fulfilling the dream of home ownership is is so integral to you know the american dream overall so i i'd love being in the industry too you mentioned there that technology isn't going to take over for people
But uh, there has been so much digitization of the mortgage process over the last 10 years or so. Do you see the relationship aspects of the business remaining as important as they've been as the industry becomes more automated and, and digitized? So I, I do, you know, for 20 years, we've been talking about the demise of the human being in the mortgage business. Uh, now, I'll tell you that, yes, do I believe uh, that we're at the dawn of a day where, uh, you know, a, a very high credit score customer with high net worth, do that, does that loan need to see an underwriter uh, in the, you know, be underwritten in the manner it is today? No. Uh, is there the ability um, very shortly to be able to obtain a, not a pre-approval, but a firm commitment uh, at the application table? Yes. Um, think about that. Yes, it's never happened in my career. And I think we're on the dawn of that happening. So technology is continuing to innovate in the mortgage business, and we all need to be on the forefront of that. And I think it's all very exciting. And I do think it's game changer. But even with that said, Robbie, you're talking about home ownership. You're talking about a family investing. Where whatever the number is in your community, 150, 250, 350, uh, 550,000, 600,000 dollars to buy a home, um, and then moving. That's a very emotional process. And I do believe that even in the most uh, innovative organizations in mortgage finance, it's not more than 15 to 20 to 25 minutes that that customer wants to pick up the phone and talk to somebody on the other end of, of that phone. So I, I think technology will continue to advance and it needs to advance, advance and it will be an integral part of the future mortgage business. Uh, but I, but home ownership is such an emotional process uh, that that I, I think the human element done right. Now, um, again, the overall cost of producing mortgages and manufacturing mortgages needs to uh, be lower, and companies that can figure that out and be world class in customer service are going to win. But at the end of the day, I, I don't believe that. Uh, I think if you, if anyone in their strategy believes the human element is going to become extinct, uh, I, I think that strategy is is misguided. You mentioned building culture. You mentioned reducing the cost to originate and close a loan file. What are your priorities for running a successful mortgage company in twenty twenty three? So great, great question. So the priorities are that you, you need in this market, there's so few companies and, and so few mortgage banking companies and banks that are playing offense. Everybody is, seems to be playing defense today, cutting costs, slashing costs only, uh, retreating, determining is there, is there any sunlight? in mortgage lending, in real estate finance in the next three years uh, to five years. And um, I believe that if you've run your business well in the last five years, 
you know, the problem with boom years is everybody at, at times you do incredibly stupid things in the boom years and say yes to things that you probably shouldn't say yes to uh, that really come back to haunt you now. So for Union Home, uh, we are uh, passionate about uh, reducing our manufacturing costs because you need that to win win business uh, at the street. You need to put your loan officers, uh, account executives in a position uh, to win business uh, at the street level. So you got to be very com razor competitive on rates and price. And then I think uh, for Union Home, uh, we are going to continue uh, to recruit and, and grow territories in a very aggressive way. There's a, there's a lot of really good uh, mortgage banking, talented people today uh, that they're really not sure of the direction of their organization. Their organization is not communicating with them. Uh, it, it's not communicating a strategy. And, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of nervousness in the marketplace today. Uh, at Union Home, it's not perfect. It's a work in progress like any other human beings. But we we have a strategy of growth and of real growth, not just talking about it. Uh, we have an engine in place to do so. So that's what we see for 2023. It, uh, there's, there's hard decisions in manufacturing need to be made. But we also feel... Uh, that there's there's a an ability uh, to really expand uh, the business today in a uh, geographical uh, space that we're excited about. Well, it would seem that the elephant in the room that we're not really discussing here is the overall housing inventory. Both uh, builders are building at a lower historical rate than uh, we've, we've seen over the past five or six decades. And, and people are not wanting to move because they don't want to give up their low mortgage rates they refinanced into over the last uh, couple of years. What's your take on that? Robbie, I'll tell you that this, this area is, again, there is an elephant in the room and nobody's talking about it. And what we at times, and this, this sounds crazy, silly, we're in the business of real estate finance, which means we're in the real estate business and we're in the single family real estate business, condominium, single family homes. And the bottom line is for the last 25 years, you, you've got two dynamics colliding together. I started my career 37 years ago and I built my career in most mortgage bankers built our career on financing homes that were literally from the World War II, post-World War II baby boom generation. They were homes that were built from 1950 to 1970. Do the math. Um, all of middle America, all of the middle class in America was was built on these homes. Independent mortgage banking and, and mortgage banking was founded on the backs of these homes that were built all over America, uh, these bedroom communities as, as they used to call it. Well, those homes are now 70 years old. They're now 60 years old. Uh, they're in the need of tremendous repair. There, there's a lot of these communities that are in really in the need of bulldozing and rebuilt. And then 
to your point, you take the last 20 to 25 years and without the support, and I'm a big supporter of Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Ginnie Mae, but really the regulators have not allowed Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Ginnie Mae to get in the construction business and the construction finance business all that much. So in 2016, when I was chairman of the Mortgage Bankers Association, I went around the country uh, the year prior and the year I was chairman for two years and talked about the pending housing crisis of the amount of, of healthy housing that was being constructed. And it was bad math between the functional obsolescence of older homes coupled with 25 years of a lack of building. So think about this. Here's the proof, Robbie. Here's the proof. Over the last year, interest rates went up 300 basis points. Most people would argue that the country's in a recession, but yet for the first time ever, home values, the values of houses, which should have gone down, right? Whatever, 15, 20% have barely budged off their highs. And, and we have a massive housing shortage in America, it's putting the cost of home ownership out of reach for the middle class. We we've got a we are we have a housing shortage crisis in America, and nobody's talking about it. And I don't understand it, and I I don't understand that because in order for mortgage banking and housing finance to be strong. Housing needs to be strong in America. And so that, that's my soapbox of the day. For the life of me, and, and I talk to all my, my friends and colleagues in the business, I, I don't understand whether it's in the Beltway in Washington, whether it's at MBA, whether it's at other trade groups. I do not understand why this conversation uh, is not in the mainstream of, of our business. I don't understand it. Fortunately, it seems that Fannie and Freddie are prioritizing home affordability with actions more than just talk over the last several months. So um, hopefully that allows more of the middle class to to achieve the dream of home ownership. Well, they well they are, but if you but if you think about this, so they're they're subsidizing the price of the mortgage, but yet if there's if there's a shortage of homes in general, the costs of the homes are continuing to move out of sight, right? So I would I look at this and saying to to subsidize the cost of the mortgage are the pennies well the dollars are in the price of the home and if you don't address the shortage of homes and address the shortage of, of the single family piece subsidizing the mortgage will save pennies but if the home values continue to skyrocket there's nothing that's affordable. So, so I applaud Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac for what they're doing. But, but in my mind, we're addressing the pennies uh, and we're not addressing the dollars of affordable housing. Well put. Let's close with something a little happier. You've been incredibly successful over your 37-year career. And I know a friend of yours, Dan Gilbert, has been instrumental in revitalizing downtown Detroit He's done marvelous things for that city. You have done a lot for Cleveland. Do you think about leaving a legacy? And, and if so, what do you want it to be? 
Yeah. So it's interesting. So, so, you know, uh, you know, recently Dan and I have not, uh, talked a lot, but, but I, I consider, uh, I consider Dan at a distance. Uh, uh, he's got a lot on his plate to be a friend. Um, you know, I, I admire Dan for what he's done in his career. Uh, I admire rocket that, that, you know, rocket has been a, in my belief, uh, along with Bill Emerson, and in others uh, over Quicken and Rocket, you know, they've been a fair competitor and they've been an honest competitor. Uh, I think they've done marvelous things. And, and for independent mortgage banking, uh, they've shown the way in a lot of ways. Uh, I think at Union Home and the Union Home Foundation and all our partners around the country, uh, I think we've done tremendous things. Um, so it's interesting that, you know, I don't, I don't sit and think about a legacy because in my mind, this, you know, I don't know, this could be right or wrong, but I think if you think about a legacy, you're thinking about the past more than the future. So I, I just, I still have a tremendous passion for Union Home. I still have a tremendous passion for the partners of Union Home. I still have a tremendous passion for mortgage banking and real estate finance. So we're just going to continue to do the great work uh, and and continue uh, to to build our organization and also continue to build our foundation and impact communities. And I and I think at the end of the day, uh, the work and the relationships will speak for themselves. And I, I think legacy is kind of for other people to talk about. And um, it's a little bit, quite honestly, and I, you know, I, I don't know, maybe other people feel the same. It's kind of an uncomfortable conversation for me uh, because, you know, those are those are kind of things that you talk about, uh, you know, when your career is over and uh, good Lord willing and health and the energy and the passion is all there. You know, I feel my career is far from over. But I do, to your point, Robbie, I think that in, in you know, real estate and being in real estate finance is such a blessing and in my mind, such an honor that we really have a tremendous opportunity and we have an obligation, I think, to impact communities in a great way. And if you do the, if you do those things and, and at the end of the day, if, if a legacy pops up and, and that's then that would be something cool but it's not really something I really focus on quite honestly. No, I like that. scary. It's a little scary to focus on that. That makes me a little scared actually. I mean, I, I agree with you. Legacy is for others to, to think about and it's good yeah. to look through the, the windshield rather than the rear view mirror. Um, yeah. Legacy just sounds old to me. And I, you know, and I, <laughs> legacy sounds old, but I, I get it and I get the question. Um, but I, I think it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's just legacy is kind of a scary concept, you know? I really enjoyed this interview. I appreciate you making the time for me. I know you're very busy over there getting loan costs down and uh, keeping the culture and morale high at, at Union Home. So I'll let you go, but um, appreciate it. Well, thank you, Robbie. I, you know, communicating and, in, in, you know, what you do uh, for the industry and in, in how you educate, uh, you know, people of our industry and in housing and in housing finance, it, it's really important to the overall, uh, you know, ecosystem of real estate and real estate finance. So, um, you know, uh, I, I really value uh, you and our relationship 
and the great work that you do. So, you know, proud to visit uh, anytime. It's very kind words. Thank you. You got it, brother. In economic news, both the Federal Reserve's monetary policy decision and January's jobs report dominated economic news and investor sentiment over the last week. As expected, the FOMC increased the Fed funds rate by 25 basis points and indicated further increases are necessary to reach its desired inflation target. The plural implies at least one more increase past March, which many market participants had hoped would be the last. If so, that would put the peak Fed funds rate above 5%. Fed Chairman Powell, who was back on the stage today, reiterated during his press conference following the policy statement that the job market was still exceptionally strong and there remain risks that may prolong inflation. He also said that he expects the U.S. economy to continue to grow throughout the year. Friday's jobs report showing 517,000 jobs added in January shifted expectations for a rate hike in May from about 1 in 3 early last week to over 70% today from 59.5% on Friday. Speaking of today, the economic calendar kicked off a couple minutes ago with the December trade deficit in at $67.4 billion and those are essentially pre-pandemic numbers. Expectations were for $70 billion versus $61.5 billion previously. Later this morning brings Red Book same-store sales, December consumer credit, and remarks from Fed Chair Powell and Fed Vice Chair for Supervision Bar. Regarding supply, Treasury will auction $40 billion of three-year notes in the first leg of this week's refunding supply. We begin the day with agency MBS prices unchanged from Monday evening, and the 10-year yielding 3.63 after closing yesterday at 3.63%. We're looking at 4.43% on the two-year. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Everyone asked a 100-year-old man and his 98-year-old wife for their health secrets. The old man said, I'll tell you my secret. I've been married for 75 years. I promised my wife when we got married that when we quarrel, the loser has to walk for five miles. So I've been walking five miles every day for the past 75 years. Everyone applauded and again asked, but how come your wife is very healthy as well? To which the old man answered, that is another secret. For 75 years, every single day, she's been following me to make sure I really walk the full five miles. <laughs> Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus, the homeownership platform that unites the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into one seamless end-to-end solution that spans engagement, origination, closing, and business intelligence. To learn more about Simple Nexus, an Encino company, visit simplenexus.com. Questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities? Send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.